and welcome to the second edition of Improper Politics. My name is Chris Steele and I'm here with Alex Ham. Uh, we're a couple young professionals who just graduated from UK who hit the workforce and we're here to help you guys uh, become informed in a very uninformed society. Absolutely. So we're gonna we got some we got some big topics today. It's been uh, it's been a heck of a couple weeks. Ham's been out of town. Both of us just yeah. It's been a little bit of a delay here on the uh, second podcast. We know we want to thank all of the listeners to our first podcast. Um, we got a lot of great feedback. Some ways to help uh, you know kind of alter the show a little bit. Um, we we're up over a hundred listens. Yeah, in the first podcast, and which we were really excited about. We want to thank everyone who's been involved with our Twitter page and our uh, you know improperpolitics.com, reading all the articles we've been wo- working on. Uh, if you haven't followed us yet, uh, IMP Politics, that's our Twitter handle. Uh, and of course, all of our articles get posted onto improperpolitics.com. That is right, we are at .com now. We're not messing around. We're official. We bought that domain. So. And also, if you got any questions, uh, send us emails at improperpolitics1776 at gmail.com. We want to hear from you guys. I uh, want to answer your questions in upcoming podcasts. So... Uh, Make sure you check out, if this is the first time you've, you've logged into the, the site, make sure you check out the first podcast uh, where we talked about uh, some of the Trump, Carson, and Fiorina Finanza uh, just yeah. from a couple weeks ago. Plenty of good information there with some, some good laughs along the ways. Absolutely. And, you know, we'll kind of go ahead and dive right in. So last night. Wow. You know, what was last night about? Some, what a night. Did is you, there like a baseball game on or something? Did you have your shotgun loaded going into that thing? You know, I mean, they came out. They came out just slinging in that debate. So last night was the, uh, you know, as most of the listeners probably know, the uh, the second uh, GOP candidate debate. Um, there was uh, two debates. The first one was uh, it was the uh, the the ones who are on the, the pretty minor much leagues yeah the minor course. leagues. Uh, George Pataki, uh, Rick Santorum, Bobby Jindal, and Lindsey Graham were a Lindsey big time. Just kidding. Nah, he's crazy. Uh, he has some pretty good foreign policy information, though, if you want to ever look him up. Uh, and then, you know, there's the main stage from 9 to 11. Of everybody else. The ele- other re- 11 remaining candidates, uh, including Miss uh, Carly Fiorina, uh, making making moves and jumping in the big stage last night. So uh, we want to spend a, a decent amount of time in this podcast uh, diving into, you know, the, the kind of ins and outs of the debate. I... High level here. Thought it wasn't that interesting. Before compared. we get to the second one, let's let's discuss the first one. I'm just saying overall. Oh, okay. But, you know. Yeah. We'll we'll jump in. The first one. Um. Like I said earlier, Pataki, Santorum, Jindal, and Lindsey Graham. Uh. You know they they actually had a fairly uh, good amount of talk after they kind of settled in. Um. You know the first thirty minutes or so of any debate is going to be sidling down. Uh. And. You know this George Pataki guy. He he's uh, he's from New York, out of New York, the state of New York. Pretty he's, sharp guy. He's a sharp guy, and and I don't think he has a huge voice yet. Um, so that's kind of one of his problems. Uh, you know, he 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 likes to say that he won in New York, a uh, fairly liberal state, um, and you know he thinks he can do the same for Washington. He was there during the the two thousand one uh, uh, terrorist attacks, so he had to. He was governor of, of that, you know, and when, when our nation was attacked for the first time in, in quite a while. Uh, so having to be in the heart and soul of, of where that, that really took place uh, took a lot of courage and, and definitely needed a good leader. Absolutely. Uh, I, in, in my opinion, there were, there were two candidates that really stood out in this debate, uh, both Governor Bobby Jindal of Louisiana and also of uh, uh, 
Governor Pataki, as we were discussing. Both of those two, I think, are, are really good candidates. Mm-hmm. I think they just they kind of entered the debate without the, the real running like some of the other guys in right. the, the debate. So I think that's why you, you may not know their names, but uh, worth checking out. Yeah, uh, I would say, um, you know, just after watching last night, Bobby Jindal, um, he, he really jumped on my radar, uh, mostly because he, uh, he, handled, he handled himself very well. Um, he, he's tired of the, of the norm of politicians nowadays. And he, he even spoke out against the, you know, the Senate Republicans who he just feels are too soft. Uh, he thinks that there's no fight in the Senate, uh, Republicans right now. And that if they had half the fight that the Senate Democrats did when they pushed Obamacare through, you know, there's, there's things that could get done, you know, exactly. And, and, you know, I, I think it's, it's interesting this, this year, um, the amount of representatives and can- potential candidates who are, you know, calling out the politicians who are quote unquote too soft, and, and you know, being the, the front leader, being the president, but you know, the president only has so much power. As much as we love to sit here and rag on him, uh, the the Republicans do have control of both the Senate and the the House right now, mm-hmm. and uh, we're not seeing a whole lot. Yeah, so it's it's exactly. not just we're not just hating on the Democrats. Uh, the Republicans have some work to do right. too, and so it's it's time for I them mean, to go. Yeah, that that was one of his biggest points: is the fact that we have the you know the Republicans have control of both of those things. Yet, you know, the Iran deal can still go through in a sense. Like, why is it such a problem? Because half of the people in the Senate are just soft, and according to Jindal, he's he's pissed off, and I you know I can't blame him because, um, you know, it, again, it comes back to if the Republicans you know really want things to happen, what wh- what's going on here? What, where's the fight? Um, and then you got Lindsey Graham and, you know, Rick Santorum who are in the league of their own. Yeah. Lin- um, you know, Lindsey Graham is really something else. I, his, it, it takes very few people who can, can take a question from Planned Parenthood yeah. and turn that into how we're going to attack ISIL. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's really time for him to go. And quite honestly, I think he's kind of a disgrace to the party. He just, he just simply doesn't answer the questions that are even remotely right. in the ball field. He he fits the great stereotype of the uh, the Republican candidate who is coming out guns blazing, ready to blow up anyone who who looks at us differently. Um, you know, while you know that's a little dramatic. At the same time, I think he might have said he hates radical Islam about uh, fifteen. Times? Yeah, you know, it was a lot. It was a ton. I mean, any chance, any question he got asked, he ended with. And this is how we're going to attack ISIS. This is, you know, exactly. So, um, again, those are just, and then Rick Santorum, you can't forget about good old Rick. Um, I've actually seen Rick speak He's not once, a big Rick, Rick guy. And he's a nut. Uh, you know, he, he, he has a couple of good points. Um, he's a big proponent on giving Americans jobs, wants to make the U.S. the number one manufacturing company in the world. Um, you know, that's respectable. Um, but he's definitely very religious and he, he yeah, it's, uh, it, he, it comes off, it can come off in a kind of a, a, a bad manner in some aspects. He's very big at, well, you know, well, as most politicians are last night, he was just very big at, well, I defeated a 14 year incumbent I did this, this and this and led to changes in pro-life bills and end abortions. And he ran his, a lot of his ticket on how he did a lot of pro-life, uh, you know, charge of, uh, ending abortions and all that stuff. And. You know, that's admirable, but um, again, as a whole, you know, I, I just can't really, uh, I can't support that. So, so let's, let's switch tracks to the, to the big debate of the night, because it, it really was something else. 
And before we actually dive into the discussion, I, Ham and I kind of wanted to talk about uh, just the overall demeanor of the actual debate. Uh, I, I personally wasn't a big fan of it. Nope. And, and the reason why was the questions that were asked weren't really, let's talk about you. It's more of, let's talk about what we think is going to help our ratings, and let's talk about what's going to get a, a really good five-second sound bite of Jeb, you know, Jeb smoking weed and just asking these questions that oh, are yeah. going to dive into actually attacking people rather than actually talking about issues. And I, I don't, it just it got on my nerves when we sat there and watched you know, Jeb and Donald Trump just go back and forth for five or six minutes, Bunch and it was almost sports. like you know, we, there's nine other candidates who are equally or if not better qualified. Right. And we're not even letting them talk because these two are out here just yelling at each other. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think, um, you know, it kind of goes back to is was that, you know, the intentions of the entire debate? Um, you know, was that CNN's ideas of how to push their agenda, you know, to that way? I don't know. It ended up being CNN's most watched debate in their 35-year history. That's got to um, just be increased population. Yeah, it, it had to be. It, but we, we're not giving the I, credit to Donald Trump. I credit the moderator in the fact that he controlled a lot of the questions and that the other two um, question people who, you know, I just don't even care who their names okay. are, um, they didn't really have a whole lot to say. Yeah. Um, but when they did ask questions, I felt they weren't Real questions. really great questions. Um, so, you know, after about the first hour, I lost a ton of interest. Um but then about the second hour or so, it started to pick up. They started to, I think it was, it was Governor Christie who finally just stepped in. And I think Kasich said the same thing. They were tired of uh, Carly and Donald going, well, I did this in business. Well, I did this with my company, yada, yada, yada. And Christie basically just said, no one cares about what you did when you were CEO. The American working class doesn't give a crap how much money you've made your companies or how much money you lost, yada, yada, yada. And I thought that was pretty funny because it shut them both up kind of like on the spot. Um, even though they were asked, to, you know, those questions were probed, um, thanks to the moderator. But um, yeah, and also, you know, Kasich's response, uh, you know, it was we were no more than fifteen minutes into debate, and we were sitting there watching Donald and, and Jeb go back and forth. Yeah. And, and Kasich interrupts and just said, "Let's let's talk about things that really matter, and not watch these mm -hmm. two people just sit here and take shots at each other now that they're standing next to each other, right? And not, you know, over Twitter. So let's 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 discuss the things that really matter. So with that." Let's discuss the points that we thought were were uh, pretty good. Uh, one of the things that I, I really liked was in Rand Paul's opening lines, he, he had a really good comment. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a fan of Rand Paul. I'm, I'm starting to think that it's his time to go. I think he's just kind of making himself look bad. Uh, and and if, if he wants to run in the future, I think he's just kind of hurt himself. But he, he had a line that said, the Constitution doesn't limit the people. It limits the government. And I think that's something that, a lot of people forget the government. The government works for us. They don't, you know, they don't control us. We we elect them and they represent us. Yep. And so I think that's uh, something. And obviously, what I thought was was really tacky. And I've I've said this about Trump many times. Trump comes out the the, the first thing out of his mouth is is attacking Rand Paul for being on stage for only having one percent. Now maybe that is true, but that's the first thing you say is that. Is that Rand Paul doesn't belong yeah. on the stage because he's at one percent? Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, that's a great point. Um, you know, kind of to tag along to that, there was a mix of uh, candidates who came out with, um, you know, actual statements, and then there was candidates who came out that was like, "Well, I did this and I did that," and so Donald's was something about how he wrote the art of the deal. He's made billions, not to brag, 
aka who would not brag about that. <laughs> he wants to put the talent to work for the or he wants to put his talents of all of that to you know to work for the country on trade deals and taking care of our veterans, which I do respect, um, and all that stuff. And then you got you got Marco Rubio, who you know God love him came out with you know I'm the typical family man. He gave a shout out to Ronald Reagan. Uh, and then he tried to make this awkward joke about water because they're in California. And he was like, and, uh, you know, we're in California and there's a drought. I brought my own water and he held up a water bottle and like nobody laughed except I probably did. Cause and I thought it was like, falling down I thought it was just so awkward. And, uh, Huckabee, you know, <laughs> I'm not a huge Huckabee fan, but he came out hot against Hillary, which was pretty funny. Um, but he referred to everyone on the stage as the A-team, and he even yeah. said they have their own Mr. T, a.k.a. <laughs> Donald Trump. Um, and I think another kind of real stand-up guy he had, as you know, he, he said, I'm not here to fight anyone on this stage. I'm here to talk about America, and I think everyone on this stage are great people, and they all have different you know, values to bring. Um, so, you know, again, I'm not a huge Huckabee fan, but you have to respect that kind of, you know, opening act because he's not out there saying, well, I'm better than everyone else. And, you know, I, I'm tired of that crap. I'm, I'm sick of it. I know there's a lot of other people that agree with me. So even though Huckabee is not the best candidate, you got to respect that mentality. I think he does make a really good point. There's some, there are some really good candidates uh, out, out in the field right now. And I think that uh, whichever one gets, gets elected in here in the next few months uh, as to be the Republican nomination, it's it's going to be a, a really a really impressive candidate because uh, it's it starts you know with with Carly Fiorina with Ben Carson with uh, Scott Walker who obviously I'm a huge fan of um, with and uh, just go and just go down the list they're going to be people who who know what they're doing and have have really good experiences and I think are going to put up uh, a really good fight against Joe Biden when it comes to the election time so uh, oh excuse me there's there is a Democratic. Yeah, that's right. Oh no, Joe's gonna take it. Joe's gonna take it. He's so. gonna take it. Uh, and I, I really hope he enters the race because it's gonna be fun. Uh, another another thing that I really liked, Fiorina. Which let me make this quick point, and then we'll jump to her main comment of the night. Uh, she said a, a leader challenges the status quo, and this is far more of, a, of an election than replacing a Democrat with a Republican. And I thought that was a, that was a really good line. Obviously, Fiorina has been a leader uh, and successful in a and. Many and many uh, many companies, which you can hear about in the first podcast. Um, but it is it is right that it's we're not just replacing a Democrat president for a Republican president. We're replacing what we think is a, a pretty bad leader with somebody who we think can lead this nation in a time of uh, where, where a lot of growth is needed. Mm-hmm. But with that, I'd say let's let's move to the to the probably the biggest question that everybody wanted to answer tonight was was Donald Trump's statement on. Carly Arena's ugly face. So we're going to dive into we're going to dive into the sound quote yep. right now. In an interview last week in Rolling Stone magazine, Donald Trump said the following about you: "Quote, look at that face. Would anyone vote for that? Can you imagine that? The face of our next president." Mr. Trump later said he was talking about your persona, not your appearance. Please feel free to respond what you think about his persona. <laughs> You know, it's interesting to me, Mr. Trump said that he heard Mr. Bush very clearly and what Mr. Bush said. I think women all over this country heard very clearly what Mr. Trump said.
that's a pretty powerful statement there. And it's rather than taking a shot back at Donald Trump, he just kind of she you know she just says, "Well, we'll let the voters decide." And I think a lot of women are going to listen to that and just be like, and "It's just an absurd comment. It, it wasn't needed. And it just kind of shows how how crazy and how bombastic he can be sometimes." Mm-hmm. And so I was a big fan of. Yeah, it. I I agree with how she responded. You know, kind of letting the voters decide. That is something that she actually said over and over again a few times last night. You know, well, I think it'd be, it's all about the voters. It's all about the voters. You have so many people standing on, not so many, but a few few politicians standing on the stage or, you know, it's almost kind of the norm nowadays. Who They forget about that. We're the voters. We're the people in charge of who gets elected. And instead of tapping into, well, I do this and I do that, you know, Carly was very poised in her response and very adequate, you know, um, you know, she didn't, she didn't take offense. She didn't even stutter. Like when I watched her say that with like it was impressive. a straight face, I was like, wow. She picked her fight she really did. well last night. Um, she, she picked her battles and I think every battle she picked, she won. In my opinion. Well, I think she won the whole night. I, I think, that in a minute. yeah, I, I, uh, but yeah, again, that's just another audacious, uh, quote from Trump. So with that, Ham, who do you think, who do you think won the night and who do you think lost? Well... If you want to break it down in time, Trump had 18 minutes of talking time. Of course he did. While Walker only had eight and a half, roughly. Personally, I think that Carly had the best showing of kind of as a whole um, person at the debate. If you take everything from start to finish of what that person says, I want to say Carly took away the W on that. Um, she, she, she had her, she has foreign policy knowledge for days. She keeps talking about, um, her connections with Israel. Um, you know, she thinks that you don't have to be in the system. Um, you know, in terms of politics, she she didn't cave to the moderator, which a lot of the people that were asked questions that the moderator wanted to probe. To get you know an agenda for him, she didn't. She didn't cave. She didn't take it. She was like, you know what? You want me to call someone on the stage, and I'm not going to do it because I don't really care what you think. Yeah. And um, I think there's a lot of respect there. Um, in terms of who lost, um, you know, I think there was a, a Huckabee. You know, Huckabee and and Rand Paul. They they kind of really didn't have a whole lot to say. Granted. Um, Rand Paul had about ten and a half minutes of speaking time, and Huckabee Huckabee had about nine twenty. Um, but I just think that a lot of what they said um, was kind of redundant. Um, minus Paul's uh, constitution constraints, government. Uh, I just didn't get a wow factor from Huckabee. Um, I think you know a lot of what he says is again, um, you know, based upon his personal beliefs, which is fine. We're not going to get into that. Um, so I would definitely say Carly t- took the W. And, uh, yeah, and Mike, old Mike, uh, you know, he's probably not going to do too great after that. I think, my, I think for me, Carly definitely won. But I think a, a really close second by, by a very, very small margin is Marco Rubio. And I think uh, when, you, when you listen to both of them speak last night and also when you look at their debates uh, from a month ago, uh, they were – both of them, you know, Carly clearly won the debate last time. And I think a lot of people – thought that uh, Rubio did extremely well in the last debate. So here we are a month later. Both of those names are still being discussed. And I think that kind of shows that those are two uh, pretty prominent candidates that I think we're going to hear a lot about. Mm-hmm. Um, I, in regards to Trump, I think 
I think Trump was kind of exposed a little bit. Uh, and when you listen to his closing statements, especially, it was honestly quite pathetic. Everything else he says mm-hmm. actually seems like there's, even though it's on the spot, there's some thought in it. His closing statements was more of, well, you know, I'm going to do the best job because I'm going to get the best people to do it and we're going to be a great country, which sounds all fine and dandy, but this, you know, the other 10 people on the stage are going to do the same exact thing. Yeah. And so, and on the, on the bad side of it, kind of, as I said earlier, I think it's Rand Paul's time to go. I, I, uh, I'm a, you know, I voted for Rand Paul. I will vote for him when he runs again. Um, I think he's a, he's a great Senator. I think he could be a great president, but I just don't think now's his time. Uh, he, he seems like his entire job on stage is to attack uh, Donald Trump, kind of like the whole reason Lindsey Graham is on stage is to simply talk about foreign policy. That's the only thing they care about. That's the only thing the Republican Party wants them to do. So that's all we're going to do. You think they have a conspiracy to uh, take the last few voter or the last two people in the polls and try to take down Trump? Yes. It seems like... I don't, uh, think it, I don't even think it's a conspiracy. I think it's... Uh, well, I think everyone's been trying to do that. I mean... Um, the Republican Party doesn't want between, Trump to win. Between because, Jeb and Donald last night, I, I do want to... Uh, I think we are going to talk about this stuff, dude. Uh, Jeb Bush's uh, funny comment about uh, so so. I guess here's the story. Rand Paul got asked a question about you know agreeing or de- disagreeing with uh, legal marijuana in different states, and um, the moderator had kind of pitched in an addition to, to push pro to as usual. Throw somebody under the trying to make a comment about someone on stage who has admitted to smoking marijuana and. Jeb Bush literally was like, he's talking about me, like, okay, um, and so I think we're going to play a soundbite for you here um, about that, because we think it was pretty funny. Is there somebody you were specifically thinking of? Well, you know, the thing he is, He was talking that, about me. Yeah, I was talking That's about... That's what I thought, so, but well, I wanted let, let him to say it. Well, I wanted to point, make me... it easier for him, yeah. okay. and I just did. Governor Bush, please. So 40 years ago, I smoked marijuana. Uh, and I admit it. I'm sure that other people might have done it and may not want to say it in front of 25 million people. My mom's not happy that I just did. <laughs> That's true. After, like, literally moments after he had said that, uh, Jeb's social media group uh, had the best tweet of the night, and it was simply, sorry, Mom. Sorry, Mom. That's all it said. And I thought that was probably the funniest. Um, Imagine what Barbara Bush said when she was just sitting there in her son's right? minute on do national you think, TV. But do you think that... Jeb, George W., and George Sr. All together. Chiefs up one time. All together. There's no doubt in my mind that at least W. and Jeb had their fair share of funky cigarettes. I I, I wouldn't say so. I would would say, though, I I do think it was pretty respectable of of Jeb to come out and and be open about it. Because, obviously, Rand didn't want to throw anybody under the bus. You can kind of hear his, his, uh, his tone. In there, and so it's. I think that's respectable of Jeb just to own up to something rather than yeah. pretend like it wasn't actually him. Yeah. So let's do let's do a thirty second speed round of who you think is going to what's gonna, what's going to happen in the polls over the next couple of weeks. Well, I think um, quickly. Um, I think that Donald's probably going to lose a little bo- bit of momentum. Um, I personally think Carly has is going to step it up. I think Jeb's going to step it up. Um, I also think randomly, as much as I hate to say it, I think Chris Christie had gained a little bit of ground from that last night too. Um, And then, you know, you got kind of the mixed middle tier, Marco Rubio, Ted Cruz even throw him in there, Ben Carson, you can't roll him out. He was pretty quiet last night, but I think he didn't lose a whole lot. He was still pretty um, straightforward with what he said. 
Um, and I, I also think Scott Walker, while he actually was – he had the least amount of time, uh, I think he had a lot of good things to say. So the man. we'll see. What about my, you? Let's my, see. my quick 30-second, I think Trump remains uh, the front runner, but I think he starts to fall a little bit. I think Carson falls a little bit, uh, and some of those people start jumping on the Carly Fiorina train. And then I think uh, I think we see Walker pick up a little bit. I think we see um, Rand Paul leave the debate. And I also think we see Rubio uh, start jumping in the ranks. I think Jeb's going to stay about where he is. Uh, he's probably going to stay right around that 10% range. But uh, we'll see. You know, there's a lot that can happen. Yeah. And we still got, you know, just over a year, uh, 14 months to, uh, until the – until the actual mm-hmm. election, yeah, we got a lot of so, time. So, so let's transition into, into the next the next segment uh, where we'll actually kind of discuss some of the things outside of the debate um, that we we think are important. And let's start with the fan favorite, uh, Hillary Clinton. One of the things that we thought was well, there's there's literally so much to discuss got that, that we could, nay we nay could video. talk for hours. Her her utterly pathetic nay nay on Ellen. Um, but the thing to start with is. I'd actually, when I was working on these notes before the announcement came out, is where's where's Bill Clinton been in this entire campaign, and what do you what do you think her strategy is behind that? I, I mean, Bill's probably just kicking it like you do you because do you think he's with Monica. I I had my own scandal and I got over it, so it's your turn to <laughs> uh, your turn to take the heat because do with your stuff without me. Yeah, I I would I would assume, you know. I don't think, I mean, I'm sure he's there to, as an advisor, you know, kind of come home. Here's what I did today, Bill, you know. How was it at the office, honey? Yeah. Yeah, and I think, you know, when you look at her actual stats, her numbers are, are just absolutely tanking. She's down almost 20 points just in, a, in a three months. Yeah, Bernie's, Bernie's catching up and it's not passing her in some of the polls. Bernie, yeah, if you look at the national polls, Hillary is at 42%, 24% at Bernie. And then 21% uh, belongs to Joe Biden. And Joe Biden's not even in the race. So, well, technically he's not in the race. Uh, Hillary, uh, t- uh, three months ago, was at close to 60, 61%. Um, in Iowa, Sanders has actually jumped to a 10 percentage point lead over, uh, over Hillary, which if I'm the Clinton campaign, how, how are you losing to Bernie Sanders? You know, here you are, Hillary Clinton, you're the Secretary of State, you've been Senator of New York, I believe, and you're losing to a Senator from New Hampshire, who or Vermont, excuse me, who was a proclaimed socialist. I mean, that's that's uh, that's interesting. Yeah, I uh, I think when you have a lot of things that she's dealing with, I mean, I'm no political expert, yeah. but when you deal with the stuff that she had to deal with, when it, it all starts back to Benghazi, and now this the server came, this all the server crap, you know. National security risks. People people start to think about that in in a in a greater scale. Because why are you uh, lying to us? Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously she came out and lied first, like any politi- politician tries to do. They try to cover up the dirt and blame someone else. If she would have just came out and said, "Yes, I did this. It was a mistake from the start," she probably would have a lot more ability to have a decently successful campaign so than she is now because all she's done is lie 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 and no one cares anymore like everyone's tired of hearing her crap except for the people who still support her god yeah, bless right. their souls i don't know why but rather than 75 percent of the population saying that she's a liar maybe yeah it's only 50 percent but uh 
when you when you look at the fact that she she just finally apologized for the servers, which and it it wasn't even a real. No, apology. I call it that was it a was crap apology. Kind of like a I kind of did it, but I kind of didn't it's do like it. One of those things when your parents force you to apologize to your yeah. sibling, like you, you like, have to do it, and you're like, fine, sorry. We've heard for like three months now of every excuse that the Clinton campaign can think of to make it seem like it's not her fault. So now it's her her, her polls are tanking. She finally admits it, or she or somewhat admits it. And so I, I think it's just kind of pathetic, and I really hope it doesn't deceive all the Americans out there that, that she's actually sympathetic about this, because quite frankly, I, I, don't, I don't believe her for a second. I think she's lying straight through her teeth. You know, maybe this is just a general assumption of the Hillary Clinton uh, demographic, you know, because I don't really know them that well, because I don't really care. But I want to assume, which again, this is probably going to come back and bite me in the ass, but I want to assume that the people who care about Hillary aren't the type that really think about foreign policy. I think that they're more interested in the social issues uh, that Hillary can provide, um, you know, insight on. But when it comes to foreign policy stuff, like, I just feel like that that's not a thing that they care about. Because I think that her demographic is is more in the direction of the left. <laughs> is more, no, they are. Um, and I think that, you know, when it comes to national security and foreign policies, it's not, unfortunately, a big issue for them. So when it comes to these types of deals, it's like, oh, maybe, you know, maybe they're brushing it off. Like, no well, what's deal. the big deal? Like, whatever. She had emails, whatever. Nothing came out of it. But, like, if that was a Republican candidate who did that, you know they would be all over it. They would be ripping them apart. And I think it goes further than foreign policy, even just looking at her domestic issues and... and I'm, you know, I'm a big fan of uh, lowering taxes on everybody, and she's, she's, uh, and she's the exact opposite of that. But did you see the news about who she said maybe she wants? She's been considering to be her running mate. Yeah. Is it Kanye West? Well, that's a good one, but but no, not yet at least. Uh, as I was mentioning earlier, when we asked where has Bill Clinton been in the last week, she has said that she has considered having Bill Clinton as her running mate. Now it's like trouble. Can you imagine going home every night and having to discuss real politics with your, your vice president, who is also your husband? It would be better if he didn't run, so then he could be the first man. <laughs> Good old Clinton, Bill Clinton. Well, I guess he'd still be the first man. He'd be the first man and the first vice president at the same time. That's true. All sorts of No, things. but to answer your question, no, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't do that. I, I mean, it's hard to come home and talk to you about things half the time. I can't imagine. No, I'm just kidding. Imagine actually being your wife. Imagine it being your wife, yeah. Although either one of us know, but uh, close <laughs> enough. So moving on to the Bernie machine, uh, he he really is something else. And I don't know if, if any of you guys are, uh, are Bill O'Reilly fans, but uh, Jesse Waters had a segment the other day where he was trying to, to chase down Bernie and get some questions answered, and, and Bernie just kind of gave him the cold shoulder. Uh, it was pretty funny. But I, I do want to give the man some respect. Uh, as much as, as I'm not a big fan of him, uh, Bernie Sanders uh, appeared at Liberty University just a few days ago and spoke with an, an extremely conservative Christian crowd. Uh, and, and being a, a Jewish uh, man who's, who's uh, pro-abortion, pro, or pro-abortion, not the right, pro-choice, uh, and really just sees everything differently than the crowd, I do, I do want to give him quite a bit of, of, of props for going into an extremely hostile environment and actually having a, a really good conversation because that's, that's something that we really do promote here at uh, Improper Politics is put aside, you know, the, 
the person behind the thing, but to actually think about the ideas mm-hmm. and actually listen to them before you just completely shoot them down. Actually understand what they're running on and, and what they, and what they believe. Yeah, you know, as much as we we kind of give some banter about you know people when writing them off quickly, uh, you know, we don't we don't say that full heartedly. We say that you know just because we want to keep everyone entertained. But you know, he he hit the you know he hit the nail on the head with being able to understand everyone's points, and you don't have to agree with us. We don't have to agree with you. Um, and it kind of goes back to that agree to disagree thing. And if you can do it respectfully, hey, I would have never thought we were going to talk about Bernie Sanders or Hillary Clinton on the show as much as we joke about Hillary. But that's a different. She's a kind of a league of her own. But you know, I you, I agree. I mean, you got to respect the man for what he's doing. He's putting on a good fight. Um, you know, he's got to be excited about these numbers that are coming out for him. I mean, if I was in his shoes, I would be excited. Like, wow, I'm surpassing Hillary Clinton. That's pretty awesome. Obviously, he's doing something right to get the people on his side. Whether we agree with that here or not at Improper Politics, we are a big fan of respect no matter what you do. And I think, um, he's, I think he's kind of hitting the same nerve that, like, Trump, Fiorina, and Carson are hitting. Although, you know, although Sanders... I would still consider him a career politician because I believe he's been in office for approximately 30 years. Uh, I'm, I'm not, don't hold me to that number, but it's been a while. He's different. He's not, he's he not different. Hillary Clinton. And I think right now on the Democratic side, you either have Hillary Clinton uh, or you have Bernie Sanders. Yep. And there's a lot of conservatives who are sick and tired of Hillary. And so their only other option is Bernie. And mm-hmm. so that's why I think uh, Vice President Biden has a really good shot at, at actually clinching the nomination and moving forward. So, uh, switching gears, uh, I wanted to, to give a shout-out to uh, one of my aunts uh, from Texas. She, she sent me an email the other day about going up to Washington. Uh, I'm not sure if you're aware of, but there was a Tea Party protest of uh, the Iranian deal. Uh, and uh, Donald Trump and uh, Senator Cruz were up there protesting the deal simply because it's a, it's a, bad, well, it's, it's a bad deal. Um, I've heard a lot of politicians say, it's, we're, we're going to vote for this because it's better than nothing. And I think that's just a, a horrendous that's mindset. That's terrible. To simply vote for something because it's better than a, the other alternative. That, that's just, that's that like, should mean scrap it and go back to That's work. like I'm hammered, but my only way home is to drive drunk. And it's either I don't get home or I drive. Oh, it's better than nothing. I'll just drive home. That's literally their logic What right could now. possibly go wrong? Yeah, nothing's going to go wrong. Yeah, so I, I, I do what she, – she went up there and, and was part of the protest. And I, I bet it was – one heck of an environment. I haven't had a chance to talk to her and compare notes on it. Like, but, uh, I, it's interesting because last night uh, in the debate, you know, obviously that gets brought up a lot. And uh, Kasich had a, a, a decent point on it. And it said, you know, well, you know, I think the reason why this thing is, is getting through is because we, we don't want to seem like we're the world's policemen. And we don't want to just, you know, be telling all these countries like, hey, we – I think Jeb said it as well too. It, it was something about on the lines of, you know, we don't want to be the world's policemen, but we want to be world leaders. We want to be the leaders. Yeah. Which, I don't know if he meant that. I don't think he really meant that in a, you know, a, a dictatorship type of way. I think he wanted, he set by example, lead by example. Yeah. And I think the interesting thing that Kasich said was, well, if we just basically tell Iran to F off and like say, no, you can't have these nukes, I think that could entice them more. And that's what Kasich was trying to say. He goes... We don't know what's going to happen down the road. In, in 18 months, less than that, in eight months, if, you know, the defense of this deal is, you know, say in eight months they start, you know, talking, they do things that are breaking the deal, and then we go in and have to deal with that. Whatever. 
I think the fact that we have to like give them money though, why do we have to give them money? I don't know why we're giving them money. I don't know why, you know, they, they've had, their leader has had many, many quotes in recent times of hating America and America's the devil and America's a bunch of Satanists and yada, yada, yada. And it's like, when you have Iran nuclear plus ISIS, does anyone else in the Democratic plus North, Party, plus, North plus Korea. well, North Korea is their own brainchild. That's ridiculous. Like they're in their own world. He, he's probably just... He's just mad that no one's giving them attention, and so he wants to do this, this, and this. It's just, I, it, it's, it could be bad, it could be good. I don't know what to say. I'm not a politician. It's going to be you interesting. They, they haven't actually released the actual deal, I believe. So kind of what, what you're hearing is coming from the I, politicians. I know, planet. yeah, and I know today that it just actually, again, passed whatever level it's on. The Democrats pushed it through wherever it's at. Um but, yeah, there, it's all more about hearsay. It's more about, well, here's what I have, and this is why it's bad and all this I feel stuff. Like, I feel like a lot of people don't really know what's going on with it. They just know, you know, you, you have people that you like and you respect that are in, in Congress that you believe, um, you know, know what they're talking about. And so if they're against it, then, then I'm probably against mm-hmm. it. So, uh, and oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, and, you know, some of you guys out there, some of you listeners may, you know, be like, well, why is this, why is this important? Why do we need to know about the Iran deal? And I think really the gist of it is, is that, you know, this, this could be potentially dangerous. We don't know. I mean, it's good to be informed when it comes to, you know, foreign policies, especially, you know, when we're on walking on a tightrope. Yeah. We've lost a lot of troops out. With a lot of people. Obama's been pulling, exactly. And Obama's been pulling a lot of the troops out on the ground and, you know, it's just good to know, you know, it's not it's not a scare tactic, it's not to be worried about our future, like, we're still America, we have a great military, understand but it's just to understand, like, what this deal means for America, and we think that, you know, obviously it was brought up in the debate, debate for a reason, and, you know, we think it's useful for everyone to know. I'm very interested to see the finalized deal. I know you can go on websites and read, well, here's why the Iran deal sucks dot com or whatever, but... Um, you know, it's time for all of us to learn. So looking at Trump, as we were mentioned, he was up there protesting it. Uh, one of the interesting things we've seen the past couple weeks is, is now candidates, uh, and we actually didn't see this in the debate, I don't think at all, was candidates are now attacking him for being a real Christian. Yeah. I've always thought that's kind of an, an interesting tactic because we claim to be a, a nation that's, uh, you know, any religion is allowed. But could you imagine if, if you had, if, if Barack Obama, for example, proclaimed that he was actually a Muslim, or if uh, you had someone now, I mean, you, they would never get elected. Not whether you agree or disagree with their principles, but uh, it just it would never stand. So I think it's kind of I think it's kind of tacky for candidates to go at somebody based on their religious beliefs because yeah, yeah, we're a nation that we believe in a separate a separation of uh, church and state. So then it theoretically. It shouldn't matter with what their you know, religious beliefs when it comes to being right. being. Religious. And I, I think it's a it's just another thing that just pisses me off too because it's just like, how how are you going to demonstrate real leadership for a country, the free world, when you can't even let some guy on stage have like a different opinion than you? Yeah. Um, I think it's funny. Uh, I think the thing that cracked me up yesterday yesterday about the debate was you know, we're asking someone to be the leader of our country, and they can't even follow the rules of a debate. And this is just, this is not just Republicans. This is any debate you watch in terms of government. 
when you're arguing someone about government or you're debating about government, people just they don't want to answer the question at hand until they have a plug in the question that was previously asked that wasn't even towards them. And it just cracks me up. And, you know, if you think about it kind of jokingly in in a grand scheme of things, it's like, how do we expect them to do anything for this country when they can't even follow the rules of a debate that's on TV? I mean, it's, it, it's, I don't mean that seriously. It's just like one of those, like, well, duh, like. So anyways, I mean, it, it definitely does bring up a good argument, you know, but you do have to consider that it, it is still a competition. So yeah. everybody's trying to get. I mean, I get that. I'm very competitive myself. You look at the plate gate, you look at uh, yeah. anything else. I hate the Patriots. Way. But anyway, different, different. I'll topic. attack them any day. So, so. It is time for the president of the day. And so bum, Ham, bum, bum. Ham and I had take a, pretty, a guess. pretty lengthy discussion. Five seconds to take a guess. What, do, what dollar bill is he on? Two, three, twenty. Yep. Four, it's the twenty. Five. Okay. Andrew Jackson. He was the president from 1829 to 1837. We, we dug up some, some pretty good facts. He was I a crazy we, man. We got a really good fun fact that's coming up. Uh, in case you don't know, as Ham said, he is on the $20 bill. Um, he was the first person to really take his power of veto seriously. Uh, he, he vetoed 12 uh, different items in his term. Uh, he also had a, a, a really good quote that I think fits in uh, extremely well with, with the, the area that we're in now. It says, there are no necessary evils in government. Its evils exist only in the abuses. And I think we definitely have a system that abuses a lot uh, you know, a lot of powers. Mm-hmm. So the fun fact. Um, President Jackson had a pet parrot named Pole. And at his funeral, Pole was brought to, uh, was brought. And Pole was sitting there screeching obscenities and curse words at the crowd uh, during the funeral. Uh, and as you would guess, he was quickly removed uh, from, the, from the funeral. So I, I thought that was pretty funny. Got Nothing like getting the parrot kicked out of the funeral. So He was a pretty crazy guy, though. I mean, I, I think he... Uh... I think he had it in with the ladies. Yeah, he was. He had some some sex scandals. I think. Yeah, a couple. Back in his time, uh, definitely had some interesting things. Was so, she wearing a blue dress? Good question. Really good question. The Monica Lewinsky thing. If you didn't know, is it what was it Watergate? I don't know. So what what pointless po- pointless politics did you find this week? Enough. <laughs> Where um, should we start? Well, this isn't really this week, um, but so I, I guess it was about. Two weeks ago now, um, during the the MTV Video Awards or whatever the hell it is, uh, Kanye West came out and said uh, that he was going to run for president in 2020. The first candidate is already announced. first candidate already announced. And um, 2016, yeah. If that means Kanye is going to run the country, <laughs> I don't know how I would handle it. I mean, you think it's me like when was it Walker? I have high expectations if he becomes president. I, I hope I that he still makes music because I, I like his music, but... Do you think he could be Trump's VP in 2020? It's funny that you mentioned that because uh, Trump was actually on Jimmy Fallon last week and they did this skit where Jimmy Fallon was Trump's, like, reflection. And, or actually it was flip-flop, regardless. Um, Jimmy Fallon, as Donald Trump, asked the real Donald Trump, who's going to be your running mate if you get elected? And Trump said... You know, I have a good relationship with Kanye, and since he wants to get into politics, I'll probably ask him. So I can't imagine uh, a duo of Trump, 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 Kanye, 2016. 
That'd be an interesting But if you discussion. think about it, okay, this is completely hypothetical. But if you think about it, you have Donald Trump on the right and Kanye, who's more on the left, opposite the tract, right? Do you think that they could actually collaborate on things besides records and hot albums? No. And mixtapes that are dope? I feel like that would be like putting putting Bernie and Trump in the same it's room like and tell them to... Tell them to fire and gasoline, right? Last, uh, yeah, don't you have another point with last politics? Last one, I, and I thought this was just hysterical. So the, the White House tweeted out the other day a picture of a library card that the president signed, and it's, he, he left a note, mm. and it was... He thought about he had to thought about this one for I don't know at least a quarter of a second. His note was, "I love books." It's funny because when I saw the picture that I originally that you sent me, I thought I said, "I love boobs," and I was like, "All right, Barrio, I respect he that." Gets it. He gets it. No, Barrio, it was just I, I love mean, books. So boobies. check us out. Check out our Twitter and go back a couple days uh, at IMP Politics and, yep. and take a look. But uh, I think we have. Something I don't know was it was it Brick Tamlin or was it Obama? I love lamp. Do you really love the lamp, or are you just saying it because you saw it? I love lamp. I love lamp. All right, calm down, Barry. Anyways, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, you know that's that's all we got today on uh, podcast number two. We hope you enjoyed it. We hope you you know you got some information out of it because that's our goal to inform the uninformed. Uh, make sure you check us out on Spread Twitter. Spread the word on Twitter. IMP Politics. Uh, we got improperpolitics.com. We're posting our you know articles, stories, blog updates. Um, you check know, it daily because we're, we're rolling we're rolling new stuff out every yeah, day. Yeah, we we got a couple other contributing writers. Uh, we got Chaz who is actually out in DC now, which is awesome. We're hoping um, to hear from him tonight, but he was unable um, to because scheduling conflict. But soon. We also have uh, Cam, Cam down in, uh, in Lexington and, uh, you know, a couple others in the works. So um, if you have any questions, concerns, comments, uh, feel free to email us. And make sure you check out the Twitter. I think we're going to have some giveaways yep. coming out soon. We're now. working on some stuff in the, in the, in the meantime. Uh, we're hoping to get, you know, some of those things. What are, what are they called? They, uh, they keep your beer. Really I mean, cold. Your, your beverages cold. I think it's um, just Coca-Cola's, but Coos's. Yeah, Coke's. Coca-Cola's. They're going to say, it's just improper politics, informing the uninformed all over the place. We're going to give them out, retweet, and We're follow. going buck wild here. Uh, so tell your friends about it. Tell them to come check us out. Uh, make sure you send us an email, uh, improperpolitics1776 at gmail.com. Absolutely. Uh, or at Twitter, IMP Politics, and uh, let us know what you think. Yep. So uh, thanks for joining in this, this second edition, and uh, make sure you come back next week for Absolutely. podcast number three. Take care, everyone. Remember, try to stay informed.